no one will be admitted after the guests check in. Welcome to Motel Hell. My name is Ben the Beardo, and sitting across from me, Dick the Fetty. And tonight, I'm more awake than I was last time. Are you? As of right now, I actually feel pretty good. I didn't sleep much, but I feel pretty good. You look good. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. It's a little warm in here. I might, yeah, I might disrobe a little bit if you don't mind. All right. So, would you like to reveal to the listeners what we're going to be covering tonight? We're going to cover ghosts tonight. Well, hauntings, I guess, not specific ghosts. Yeah, not specific ghosts. Oh. Yeah, so we are we are covering haunted places. Yes. And this is a topic that we talked about since day one of the podcast, and I've always said I don't want to do it. <laughs> so we're going to have fun with it. We're going to have fun with it. Yeah, and the, the funny thing about doing any haunted location is it's very hard to find information on haunted locations unless you go out and pick up a book. Yeah. And it's very hard for us to find time to go out and pick up a full book on something. Well, we can pick up books all day, but we can't read them. Yeah, yeah. We don't know how to read. I picked up three books today. Yikes. I didn't read any of them. No. No. So, uh, apologies in advance, as always. The dog is present uh, in various proximities to this recording area, which is not soundproof. So, if you hear the yelps of a mad pup, just know that we're not torturing her. She's torturing us. Yes, or another smaller, more delicate animal. Yeah. So, in light of tonight's topic, we watched a movie. A film. Yes, <laughs> and we're going to do our movie review. I just movie wanted to make review. sure make sure we said it made it cool sounding. Mm-hmm. Movie review. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. We're the coolest people. So we watched Grave Encounters by the Vicious Brothers. Yeah, I don't have their real names on me, but I don't really care. It's, I mean, it says on the screen Vicious Brothers, so who gives a shit? Yeah, well, I know the one brother went off and started directing his own stuff. Was his name Dave Vicious? Uh, no. Oh. Okay, that's disappointing. So this movie <laughs> was from 2011, is that right? Yes, that is correct, Dick Fetty. Interesting, interesting. And so, did you notice that in the film no one had a, quote, smartphone? I did notice that, but I think it's supposed to take place prior to 2011. Didn't say that. It's true. I mean, it didn't give a year of when it was actually happening, I don't think. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're right. Nobody had a smartphone. Uh, Everyone was just there in the moment. Yeah. Well, the thing to me that uh, was interesting, I mean, I thought about that when they showed the main character's phone, and I thought... I thought to myself, well, if they had smartphones, they'd just have a you know plot device that would make them unusable anyway. It doesn't really make a difference if you're not getting service. So. Yeah. But you want to you wanna tell them about the movie? Tell them about why we watched it? You know, spoilers ahead, but yada yada. Yes, totally spoilers ahead. So this movie was something I kind of watched offhandedly years ago. It was just on on demand, the second one. Back when you were token and... No, no, Ropen. no, Ropen. I was not. Well, I was roping, but I wasn't token. Okay. Uh, the old 
choke and squirt. Yeah, no, that was still happening. That still happens to this day. <laughs> yes, it does. Because I'm a man with needs. Yeah, I get that. Okay, okay. But I had watched it and then found out there was a second one, and I watched them both immediately by myself because I didn't have that many friends at the time. You and I had yet to have met. And I, I loved it. I have I know you don't like found, found footage, footage, but I do have a soft spot in my heart for some found footage films. You love found footage. I don't. I wouldn't say I love it. But you've seen a shitload of them. Yeah. But, I you know, mean, back when I used to get stoned and there was a ton of them on fucking Netflix. Yeah. Because you can turn those bitches out. Yeah, I know. That, well, I mean, that's why they make them. They're so cheap. Yes. So. But this one definitely gets me because I used to be really into ghost hunting shows. Mm-hmm. Partially for the ghost hunting, but mostly for the ridiculousness that comes along with a ghost hunting show. Sure. So... Was it five people go out to this abandoned insane asylum to film the whatever episode, I think it was like the sixth episode of their TV series, Grave Encounters, and insanity ensues. Yeah. So, I mean, prior to this, so the thing starts off with their producer talking to the camera saying, you know, basically all the stuff that happened is real. They edited down a ton of footage to give you what they're going to show you, but... This is what happened on their sixth episode, and that's why the show didn't happen. And basically, the whole thing is it's like, for five episodes, they were just bullshitting around, making a show, and then suddenly the haunting becomes real. And something that you said early on that I thought was true was that the pacing for the film was pretty good. Even though I didn't generally care for all of the scares and the way they do it, and like the visual effects that go with it and all that stuff, like... I thought that the, they at least got the pacing right and the build-up like, was, was effective and there was some, some stuff that sort of stretched my belief as far as how people would react to a point. But I, I largely thought they were relatively... I mean, there was some stuff that was really dumb, but it's also like once you kind of get into the where the whole thing goes with the time warping and space warping of the, the insane asylum, then you can allow people to act a little bit less sensibly because they're losing their fucking minds. Because they're trapped in a moving maze that's yeah perpetually night. Full of demons. Which is something that terrifies me, but also seems to be something that I love in media in general. We yeah. talked about how my favorite book is House of Leaves, which mm-hmm. deals with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I loved the game Layers of Fear, mm. which had the same thing. Amnesia does the same thing. Eternal Darkness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely Eternal Darkness. Oh, man, that's a good game. Yeah. I wish I could play that game. Anyway. But I, I, I love this movie, but it's one of those, like, more so guilty pleasures. It's not, like, one of the movies I would show someone who doesn't watch found footage be like, you need to watch this one. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we talked about the only found footage film I think I really enjoy on any kind of serious level is As Above, So Below, which is dumb in its own way, but because it takes place in the catacombs and specifically in extremely, like, tight little tunnel things like part of the descent does, that is... I mean, I think that's terrifying for a lot of people. I find it to be, like, oh, my God, it makes my skin crawl. So it's effective in a sense that, like, most horror movies that we enjoy aren't even effective if it truly does make me, like, squirm in my seat. You know, the only other... I think horror film I can think of that's done that in the last few years was when we watched Naked Blood, 
because, I don't know, that just got to me that yeah. night. That was, like, pretty rough. But, yeah, I mean, Grave Encounters was, for, like, for the kind of thing that it was, it was not nearly as cringy as I thought it would be. And I thought that they straddled the line between meta and actual found footage and everything else, like, really well. Um, it wasn't... I mean, there wasn't too much of the meta stuff, but there was a little bit of it. And when, when they had those comedic moments of them, like, doing what they were doing for the show rather than, you know, in quote-unquote real life, I thought those were pretty effective and funny because that's... I imagine all these people being douchey. I would imagine them being even douchier. But. So, quick story. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago, when I first originally... Mm-hmm. Stopped drinking. I went to New York Comic Con, as you well know. Mm-hmm. And while there, I was going outside to smoke a cigarette with my buddy who I was there with. And we were on the escalator. And I realized in front of me was none other than Zach Baggins and Aaron from fucking Ghost Adventures. What's that? It, it's a travel channel show. Okay. That still runs. I know Zach Baggins has another show. And he also has that movie Demon House that came out, which was real dumb, which is a supposedly documentary about a house haunted by a demon. Okay. So I, it was me, my buddy, and this girl who I kind of picked up on the bus ride into New York, and we ended up going on dates to New York Comic Con mm-hmm. since we had an extra pass. So I was a little bit starstruck, as you know, you're want to do when you see someone from a TV show that you watch a decent amount. Yeah. Even if it's just for a comedic value. And I want to ask them questions, because like, I honestly don't know what I believe when it comes to ghosts. I've experienced some things, some people I know have experienced some things. I can't say definitively yes or no, and I don't care to. I also don't care to go out and look. But he was the biggest fucking douchebag. Aaron was cool. Zach Baggins was such a fucking douchebag. And I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of him. I'm about to. But he's got, like, a faux hawk. He's got, like, cross tattoos. He wears a big cross ring. He's one of those dudes that wears bedazzled clothing, like Ed Hardy and shit all the fucking time. He looks like a dude who would date rape somebody. Yeah. So, Aaron was really cool. He's, like, answering my questions about ghost hunting. and And I really, like, wasn't hammering on him. I pretty much started the conversation with, hey... I didn't, are you guys here for a panel? Are you guys just in the city? You wanted to come out, come check out Comic-Con? Aaron was like real cool. He's like, yeah, man, you know, we're going to be doing some filming out here. So we figured we'd take a break, come check out Comic-Con. And I was like, oh, cool. And Zach ignored me and started hitting on the girl I was with. Not even fucking kidding you. Nice. And I was like, wow. Wow. I've not watched the show since just because. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, but it was... That's why when I saw this movie, I was I was so elated by it because it seems to give a very real presentation. And the main character, I'm almost 100% positive, is specifically made out to kind of be like Zach Baggins. Yeah. If I he's do, not certainly. fully based on him. Yeah. Yeah, so the the... There's not really any gore in it. There's just mostly your old spooky faces, jump scares, and glitchy camera stuff. And I think that's the thing. I mean, I don't do digital video editing, so maybe I'm wrong. Like, I tried to one time rip a DVD to my computer, and it got all glitched out. And it looks weird. And that was cool. 
But it's not, like, the way they always have these quick glitches with the sounds and the whole nine yards, like, I just don't like that effect when it's supposed to be because Supernatural stuff. And I guess it's Supernatural, so it can do whatever it wants. But it just seems stupid. Because if they just kept it regular, it would be, it would do the same thing. Like, I don't really understand why they do that. But, yeah, I just have a tough time with the, with the spooky faces because I feel like I'm watching kind of like somewhere between salad fingers and Slenderman style like flash animation yeah. meets movie thing and that shit's corny and if this movie had had like an insane gore quotient or something like that I think I'd be way more into it which was part of why I think I liked As Above So Below because there's some like really gory parts and the one dude's got that spooky face when he shows up the like really big guy who's just like he's all like and it's like or in um it follows when that big fucker shows up. Yeah. And it's just, like, really scary. But... It, it is found footage. You're not going to be winning any horror awards, usually. Yeah. Found footage. But I would... I'd give it a 5 out of 10. I would say that it... I would even watch it again if... Like, I wouldn't mind if it was on, but I won't go back to it by myself. I'd give it a solid... 7... Out of ten, I mean, it is in my top five found footage, but none of that top five is in my actual top five sure. horror movies, as the listeners probably well know at this point. But it's it's fun. It's an easy watch. You know, it's it's not too much this way, too much that way. It's just fun. It's like watching a fucking cartoon. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. it's like watching it's Looney kind Tunes. of yeah, or Scooby Doo or something. Yeah. So it was it was definitely it did not. It was not painful to watch for me. I was a little bit towards the end, like, okay, let's speed this up. But I just thought it was, I don't know. Like, there's just so much cooler. Evil Dead Trap has sort of ghosts and tunnels and all that stuff. And that's not the greatest film ever made. But they definitely made better use of tunnels under uh, a spooky facility to me better than this movie did. From what I understand, they had a pretty low budget. Yeah. And then this movie made it. Decent amount of money, which why the next year the second one came out. Yeah. Because how else are you going to get funding that fucking quick? Yeah. If the movie didn't make a decent amount of money. So sure. The second one's even more ridiculous in a lot of those sense, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And for me, it was something that kind of changed what the found footage genre was because it came out before As Above, So Below and a lot of other more recent found footage where you see the monsters on film as opposed to things like Blair Witch, Paranormal Activity, which are probably two of the biggest, and, you know, the cacophony of other found footages that are independently produced every fucking year usually don't go that far into it because then you have to hire more actors, you have to do digital editing and all that shit, so it really impressed me because I'd never seen anything like it to that point. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So... Yeah, we're doing spooky stuff. So, Oh, and I don't know if we ever said, but anyways, it's set in a spooky haunted asi- insane asylum. Maybe. Yeah, I think I, I, think I mentioned it. Okay, yeah. So, that's why we watched it. But, b-b-b-b-ben. Oh, you want me to start? Start it up, partner, because I did minimum effort tonight, so I'm gonna bring it home. Psych, Dick Fetty's going first. D-d-d-dick is back on the clit. So, I did my research the old-fashioned way, which was Googled haunted places in America, <laughs> and then I got... Stop letting them peek behind the curtain, Dick Yeah, Betty. right. Okay, so here's the thing. 
I don't believe in ghosts or spirits or apparitions or demons or anything of that type. Or happiness or love or... No. But, no. So, I just, like, to me, it's all the same. I don't have any connection to this stuff. And as a spooky guy, like, that's why I love slasher movies. And The Shining is unusual in the sense of it's a supernatural horror film, but it's Stanley Kubrick and, you know, Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall and everybody that's in it so it's hard not to love that but anyway i had a tough time trying to pick a place so the first place i looked at was what's called the parker house which is now called the omni parker house Mm -hmm. which is a hotel that was a big timey a big time a big time old timey hotel in boston that was the haunt for a bunch of poets Charles Dickens was there. He recited a Christmas carol for the first time there. There was like a mirror and a door from where he stayed that they still have. And uh, a bunch of other stuff. I'm not going to get too deep into this one. But it's got a lot of historic value. But they demolished the building in the 30s. And then they built a new one that was somewhat like it but different. And the reason I picked it was because this is when I used to go to PAX where we would stay. And... Just the other night, I was playing games with Jared, and we were talking to his buddy Zach, who lives in Boston, and he lives, like, down the street from the Parker and walks by it all the time. We're like, oh. And he's like, yeah, dude, that place is crazy haunted. Dicks out the ass. Ghosts out the ass. What? Yeah. Dicks (laughs) dicks out the ass. (laughs) Well, he's gay, so I don't know. So, anyways, it was just, it was just, I saw it, and I was like, that's just weird. It's like a weird coincidence. And that was a weird Freudian slip. And when I've been there, it's, like, full of cosplayers and sweaty nerd boys, and it's just, like, a giant like repressed sexual I'm sorry this is the image in my head of a very overweight gentleman waking up in the middle of the night wearing a rainbow dash cosplay sweating his nuts off and there is just a terrified ghost the ghost is scared standing over him being like what the fuck yeah so right it's it's really nice though it's like tons of wood and mirrors although the rooms themselves feel very 1960s new york hotels they're like tiny and with bad air circulation the first yeah the first year i went i had to sleep on the floor with my other friend because there was only one bed and so our two friends had that and then we were the late add-ons so we slept on the floor but it's like freezing cold in the room and so we were huddled together just like shaking and then the next year i was in a room just with Weston, so it was great. Oof. Yeah. That is a handsome boy. Yeah. Did he listen to our podcast? Uh, I think he did, because he, he mentioned that you were like, he was like, oh, Ben's playing Yakuza. So well, that was, I, I mean, that was on the gram, but I did get a listen from Winona, which is where he lives, so maybe. Ah. Weston, you're fucking handsome. Yeah, he knows. Don't I know, but I, I want to yeah. let him know. Okay. All right. So anyway, Weston, son of a bitch, you rascal. So allegedly there are ghosts good 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 ghosts um <laughs> at this omni parker house and uh the guy mr parker who built and ran it and was a self-made millionaire and died and left a ton of money to a bunch of different institutions in boston is said to still seem be seen roaming the halls late at night and there's like a, bu- a couple different articles that all basically they give you the whole very prestigious history of the hotel even though the original building's destroyed so it's like how do you haunt the new building? I guess poltergeist, but whatever. But 
it's all like, and then they saw a silver-haired man and orbs in the mirror, and it's like, okay, I guess, like, you know. Well, so, so I, I'll probably get into it when we start going over the place I picked, but in the, a lot of the research I did, and I think I talked about this on our Jersey Devil episode, because I used to believe in all of this creepy shit. I loved sure. it. And I can't deny the things I've seen, but I don't... And things of people I know that have seen, I can't call them ghosts or spirits or whatever, but the older I get, the less wonderlust I am about the stuff. I still love reading about it, but my first reaction is like, oh, it's totally fucking fake. And there were a couple ones, which I'll get into once it's my turn to go, mm. where the I just I didn't even dig deeper like I like I I brushed off the top of it and was like well that was totally fucking fake yeah anyway go ahead yeah and I mean you know the hotels feature in a lot of these or places of murder and it's to me like what makes any good ghost story interesting for the most part is that interesting shit happened there before the ghost showed up. Yeah. But it normally doesn't have anything to do with the hauntings, the apparitions, or whatever, because it's always like, late in the night, you can hear the moans of a woman, or you can hear the rattles of the the bell service guy, the guy, the guy with your food, and it's just like, okay. But the Parker is an interesting hotel, and I thought, man, if I had time to do a ton of research on just this hotel, I could like do a hotel episode about like a famous old hotel. I mean, if I'm at the hotel, you're going to hear some moans of a woman later, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. JFK had his bachelor party there, so you want to talk about moans of woman. Woo! Yeah, he also proposed to his wife there, and then, I guess so. that was really in the opposite order, but you know what I'm saying. Was, yeah. Two boys getting it. He was slinging some dick. Yeah, he was slanging. Good old, uh, good old J- Jiffy K. That's right. So that's my, that's my first one. Just a little shorty. Just a little shorty for the ladies out there. So the next place I picked was... Another one that I have personal experience with and is close to home and seemed like an easy target. So, it's probably a joke in there somewhere. But anyway, I picked Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia. And for those who have been there or been near there, it's just really cool and imposing from the outside in and of itself. It's like, there's just... So imposing. Yeah, there's just this part of the city that's walled off by a giant fucking prison that's in literal ruins. And it's in the Fairmount area of Philadelphia. It was opened in 1829. It closed in 1971. So almost 100 and, what, 142 years. That's a pretty hefty run. It takes up 11 acres. And the architect was John Haviland. The architectural style is, quote, Gothic Revival. And it's also known as ESP, which confused the shit out of me when I was reading some stuff because I was like, "Isn't that like Isn't that when they get like the brain thing when when you you, you can like read other people's minds? Yeah, just sensory perception. That's yeah, what that's and then and, and I'm reading about ghosts, and I was like, Ugh, "What?" And then I was like, "Why do I skim through everything? I should probably read some of those details again." I don't read my notes <laughs> before we go over them, so yeah. So the first thing. If you if you search Eastern State Penitentiary, the first things you'll find are pictures of Al Capone's cell, the pictures of what's called the barber shop, which is like this chair sitting in this hallway kind of a thing, and Willie Sutton is another famous guy who was there for a while, and there were some other famous prisoners, and the the big deal about the prison was 
the way that it was built and the specific intention based on that architecture. And it's built like a wagon wheel, although the walls are, I guess, really more square. But essentially, there's like a central hub circle, and then there are the prison halls that radi radiate from... They act as the spokes. Right. And so it's not quite the Panopticon model exactly in the sense of... The, there's this idea of the Panopticon, which is like a prison where there's a tower in the middle, and then because the overseers could be watching you at any given time, people will fall in line automatically for fear that they're being watched. It's sort of the big brother kind of an idea. And they've designed prisons in that way. I don't think this really qualifies because the nature of the way that people are in their cells, they're not viewable. So... But it still has, in terms of the physical design of it, a lot of similarities. And it's just interesting. It was going to be all um, buildings that were just one floor, and every cell was just one man. And then as they were building the prison, and they just kept finding more criminals in Philadelphia. People just kept doing crime. Yeah. They, um, they started building all the later buildings as two or three stories. And later in the prison's life, a lot of the cells became two inmates facilities the big thing with it is that they wanted the idea was based on some of it was quaker but they said that the majority of people that were involved as far as the basis for it the it was like the prison society of philadelphia or whatever they were i think the guy was lutheran and the idea was that if inmates were by themselves alone with solitary confinement, essentially most of the time and like little interaction with everybody else, they would have all this time to think about their misdeeds and, and repent. repent. Yeah. And I love this. For any, yeah. Yeah. So for anybody who's ever done bad stuff, you know, on the reg, at some point you stop thinking about it and you just keep going. So unless you're alone with your thoughts for too long. Yeah, I guess so. But you know, the, what it wound up being was that people weren't very repentant and because of the nature of the, the whole system there was a ton of abuse on like every level and originally the warden had to go visit every single inmate once a day and they had to be checked on by guards three times a day to make sure they hadn't hung themselves or this that or the other but the thing i really read about was the punishments that they started instituting where they would you know soak people in cold water and chain them to the walls or make them stand outside during the winter time or not empty the toilets or like put them into chairs and douse them in water or do this, that, or the other. There was a thing where they would bind your tongue to your wrist and you would have to like be bent down, but your wrist would be bound to a chair, I guess. And it was like, you couldn't pull your head away cause you'd rip your tongue out. And I don't know. I've never, some of this seems real, but it's always interesting to me too, to think like what was the level of abuse. But then I also think, Hmm, 1850s to 1970s was a pretty horrific time to be alive. So. Yeah, and any any old penitentiary or asylum, you can guarantee some real bad shit happened there. Yeah. And I, I don't know... I haven't read about it in a while, but I did once upon a time. I, I like old prisons, mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure each cell also had a small circular skylight so you could look up to heaven yeah they weren't all circular but the doors to the cells were small there's a couple different ideas behind why that was but some of them were to say like you could be penitent and humble when you go into your cell and like bend your knee before god um 
or some say that it was so that they couldn't get out as easily, so they couldn't try to break out and whatever. And it was the same thing. The only light in each cell was a single window or skylight or something of that. As the buildings changed based on the needs of the prison, like those windows, I think, changed. But I yeah. I think one of the founding fathers somewhat helped with the design of it. I could be wrong. Uh, I mean, it's possible in the sense of a lot of the founding fathers partied hard in Philadelphia, but if you figure this is 1820s that they were building it, then I would say it's a little bit, they'd have to be pretty fucking old. They might have been like, you know, planted some seeds or whatnot, which is probably more, more like. But the other thing that's interesting too is that once the prison fell out of use in the 70s, there was a period where they were trying to figure out what they were going to do with it. Their ideas of building exclusive gated communities behind the walls, as rich people love to do. And there was talks of turning it into parks or condos or whatever. And then eventually this group came together to, like, save the prison and petitioned the mayor in the 90s. And, or I think it was actually stopped as far as the 80s, but they didn't really start doing, like, minimal restoration until the 90s. And then they opened it up for tours. Okay, so to clear it up. The prison was closed in 1971. All the prisoners and guards were moved to Greater Ford Prison, 31 miles away in Pennsylvania. Uh, the city purchased the property. And, oh, in the 80s, it started to become overgrown from all the vegetation that was already there. And it was also a huge stray cat, straight, straight cat hangout. Like, just tons of cats congregated oh, there. Oh, I bet they were having crazy fucking cat orgies. Yeah. That's fucking hot. Yeah. In 1988, the Eastern State Penitentiary Task Force successfully petitioned Mayor Wilson Good to halt redevelopment. In 1994, Eastern State opened to the public for historic tours. So the prison itself is kept in what's called preserved ruin meaning no significant renovation or restoration was attempted until 1991. And it's still basically in preserved ruin, but they've had to do some stuff to keep it from completely falling apart. Right. So they've done perimeter lighting, rotunda and links roofing, industrial building stabilization, uh, doing some stabilization for the hospital, for the greenhouse, the synagogue, the solarium, sunshine and fresh air above the hospital block, and the kitchen and the bakery death row and the operating room and basically they largely offer like operate on donor funds and then they run a huge halloween racket it's like the ultimate haunted house if you're in at least the two-state area if not the well the tri-state's delaware it's not new york right it's pennsylvania new jersey and delaware or is it pennsylvania new jersey and new york? I, think, I thought it was pennsylvania new jersey new york yeah i think you're right well, if tri-state means Delaware, then it's the tri-state area. But if not... Anyways, if you live in Jersey or if you live in eastern Pennsylvania, then you've probably been to the eastern state penitentiary. And part of why I picked this was I went in high school when I was 15 or 16. And you got ghost-dicked. No, I was so thoroughly unimpressed. I was just... Aww. Like, I'm, I've never been a big haunted house guy. Like, when I was a little kid, oh, you sure. went, I, Did you go on a tour or did you go for, like, a haunted walkthrough? Yeah, a haunted oh. walkthrough. Yeah. So, and I went with Jared, his it's dad. It's so much more scary if there's no one there. Yeah. And Jenna, 
And it was just like, you know, neon paint and dudes yeah. jumping out. And it's like a lot of like startle whatever bullshit. And they have like some tour elements to it. But that would have been 2004, I think. And I just remember I had a bunch of Autoker CDs in the mail to me. And I just kept thinking about like how I couldn't wait to listen to these Autoker CDs rather than being able to enjoy it. The best part about it was that I had fried Oreos for the first time. And that memory has never left me. So that was powerful. But yeah, I mean, I reading about it now, I have to say I'm very interested to go back and check it out for myself. As an actual tour. Yeah, because they have those and they do. So it's basically the, all the stuff, all the money they gather for Halloween and then all of the just regular donations that they get is how they keep it together. But I was looking at all these pictures and I'm sure that a lot of areas are not available to go to when you're there for the tours. But, and like, you know, they've just got photographers who get special access to cool places, but it just looks fucking cool as shit. I'm like, it's all huge metal doors and yeah, it's an like old exposed. abandoned building. Yeah. Right. I'm like, how do I not That's love a this? Prison. Yeah. So to get onto the topic as it relates to tonight, the whole point of this is that I'm supposed to be covering hauntings. And again, this is where it's really tough for me because... Like, I've been there, but I had an experience where, to me, it was... You would think a place like that would be so naturally scary that making it a haunted house would be a no-brainer. And it is in the sense of it's a huge tourist draw. They get, like, 300,000 people a year or something close to that. But, like you said, it's more of the building itself, the ambiance. Everything alone is what makes it scary. Well, in general, abandoned buildings are kind of creepy. I mean farmhouses have always creeped me out because they're at the edge of that fucking field and they're all alone. So, an abandoned building, not to mention how dangerous an abandoned building is to begin with, sure. and the fact that you're in this big building and there's no power, there's no lights. You right. know, it's... Yeah. So, what I found was a Metro Philadelphia article from 2017 that interviewed people who had worked at ESP, which I now know means Eastern State Penitentiary. And I'm so proud of you, buddy. Thank you. And they talk about the things that they've witnessed. So strap in because you're about to get spooked. I'm strapped. So creative director and GM of Terror Behind the Walls, Amy Holloman, says that... Nah. <laughs> she and another colleague were moving, cleaning paintbrushes in a room. And then they heard a bunch of spooky sounds for about 15 seconds, and then they got real scared, and then they left. What kind of spooky sounds? The sounds of a, a paper um, and something stamping on the ground. Could have been a cat. Yeah, I know. All right. I'm trying really hard, okay? Uh, then there, there's another one. So cell block, cell block 12 is supposed to be a hot spot for Goose and Spooker Natural. Goose? Goose and Spooker Natural activity. There's just a whole bunch of geese there. <laughs> goose walking and it's like, ah. <laughs> oh, oh God, no. Yeah, goose are scary, so. You That's might wanna, true. You might want to watch out. Uh, so there was a person who was working there, and then they saw a woman running towards them, and when she got close, she turned around and ran, ran back, and she was looking super scary. Now, this is all boys' prison, I'm pretty sure, so I don't know what a lady was doing there, but anyway. Could have been a homeless woman who yeah. died there. <laughs> yeah, Could have just been a homeless woman. Yeah, that's Philly. <laughs> Philly! Uh, but, so that spooked the guy, and he was like, I don't want to work in that section anymore. So the boss was like, all right, you can work in a different area. And then 
and these are like these aren't prison guards. These are people that work there now since it's yeah. been reopened. Just to be clear, uh, and then there was uh, another. <laughs> then there was another guy, <laughs> <laughs> and he saw the same spooky lady in the same place. So haunted. That's just fucking Janet, haunted. man. Haunted. She just goes there, shoot dope, leave her alone. She's got. She's just sick. Haunted. <laughs> You hear that? That's a spookster noise. That's a spooky noise. Yeah, that was the spooky paper the lady heard in the first one I told you. Oh, this is perfect. Now, every time we have to flip a page, you'll be like, was that a ghost? Yeah, is that spooky ghost? Get out of here, ghost. Um, so then there was a... Then the one time they got the mail, <laughs> and the mail came, and there was a letter in it, and, and also a, a big old bolt, and it said... Take this back. I've had the worst luck ever since I stole it from the prison. And then there were specific instructions to re put it back where the person took it from. That's a very common, like, thing, I guess, that happens with haunted places. I can't remember... You're, thinking, you're thinking of Lost. No, 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 no. There is a ghost town that I almost covered during our Cursed Places episode. Ah. Where they talk about how people brought things home from there and got ghosted well got had spooked. accidents things of that ilk yeah we all have accidents sometimes people just because you pee your pants doesn't mean you're less of a man so that was pretty spooky um then there was another guy technical director james travis he had his own moment with the spirit he says it was close to midnight on a rainy and windy Friday during the fall of 2012, he describes. He's describing it right now. There was <laughs> there was an event. Have you that, been drinking? <laughs> I'm just trying to tell it. He's describing it right now. No, I'm trying to tell it good. There was an event, and that evening, and, and all the other guests and the staff had left the property. Uh, he went to deliver a thing on a dolly, like on a cart. Yeah, I know what a dolly is, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, he went to bring a thing to cell block 12. The same cell block where the lady was running around, Janet. And he was going to open the gate to the cell block and then just put the thing in the thing. But then the gate was like, it just, the dolly kept slipping away and the gate wouldn't open. He was really having a trouble, tough time. And then he felt somebody behind him and he raised up his fist to turn around and strike the guy, which is not a really good way to punch somebody to let him know you're going to do it. You know, you got to you want to be quick. And when he turned around, there was nobody there. So a door was stuck mm -hmm. and he thought there was somebody behind him. Not, he wasn't touched. Well, I think he was touched emotionally. <laughs> I get, the, I get. I'm sorry. That was, that was great. A. You're yeah, doing great. So, uh, but I mean, he said that the, the thing in the dolly kept slipping away. Now I'm imagining there what was... What do you mean slipping away? Like, like he would put it down and go to open the door and then the dolly would be like, I'm going away. Oh, so the dolly would be like rolling away from him? Yeah. But like, yeah. Right. I mean, my shopping cart does that when I'm at the grocery store. I don't think it's haunted. Is it haunted? It might be. A haunted cart. The ghost of a baby who never got his fruit roll up. Oh. Oh, Wait. I lied. He actually did see a guy. It was a dude in a Civil War era military clothes, but then he disappeared. Later, Travis found out that the Eastern State Penitentiary was open during the Civil War. Coincidence? 
But there, there are also skeptics who say that maybe it's not haunted, and that's just a bunch of flimflam. <laughs> no way, there is. Yeah, and the but the director of interactivity behind Terror Behind the Walls, which is one of the Halloween events. Yes, they, they do a bunch. They're all in like different sections. It's, I guess, cool. Uh, Jennifer Tom Kazak, I think it's like Tom Cat or Tom Zach. I don't know. She's got one of them Polish letters. The C Z John, Tom Kazak, Tom Kazak. Tom Kazak. She says, I tell people I don't believe in ghosts, but I look for them during my evenings working as a performer. She says that she has never had any ghost experiences, but she is always willing to have them, and she openly invites ghosts to help her out while she's performing. And sometimes she's in the spooky parts like the Klondike, quote-unquote, which is the punishment cells or the warden's office, and she's felt cold there when she was in those spots. I mean, it is called the Klondike. I don't know, but I just, I just love the idea of these famously haunted places that have these Halloween events, because if there are ghosts there, they fucking died there, and they probably died pretty awfully. Yeah, and they just see a bunch of twenty-somethings coming in, putting up fucking plastic skeletons and shit, and they're like, "That's pretty spooky, dude." For real, like, <laughs> I fucking died spooky. here. Yeah. Well, don't be a criminal, people. And that's all the spooks that she wrote. Um, I will say that there there was a book written in the last ten years about ESP. And <laughs> I did not find that out until about five o'clock today. So there could be and a lot... And local Barnes & Noble did not have any. No, they might they may have, but I mean, I just, you know. My point being that there may be... People who could tell this story better. It's hard to like... I mean, I'm a lawyer. I can I can tell a story if I don't believe it. But I just... It's like, this is literally the hardest thing for me. Of all the stuff we've covered. I mean, we, we've laughed. Our whole friendship. Like, I, I understand too how, as you get older, you can be more jaded. Like, But I just... When any... It's like listening to somebody talk about a dream. It's the same shit if you talk about aliens or seeing something in the Pine Barrens or anything like that. It always just sounds like a giant and then bullshit. And even if you're an excellent storyteller, I find it difficult to be moved in any kind of way. And I can remember being in the Pine Barrens as a kid when I used to have my birthday parties down there for like three years in a row. And we would all split up and go ghost hunting and, like, yeah, it's really spooky if you're tromping around the Pine Barrens as a 13-year-old with a flashlight and any, like, weird combination of branches and the silhouette of the sky looks like a spooky ghost. But then you're like, it's not. And if I would... I would believe that there'd be anything spooky, it would be in some place like the Pine Barrens. But, of course, it's just, like, I don't know, like, cats and stuff, you know, or whatever. Like, I don't know. It's just really... This is tough. So. Yeah. I'm not going to go into any of my personal beliefs on the subject matter or anything like that. But I did, there is a famous place, I almost did it, but I really didn't feel like it, called Sloss Furnace in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You I, told me about yeah, that. So I don't, fucking nothing happened, really. I think it was all psychosomatic shit, and I was drinking a lot at the time, and all every experience I've just had, I was either very young or in the midst of just terrible alcoholism yeah. anyway. But that place was completely decorated for Halloween when we broke in. So 
there was a point where there was this fence that we had to jump over to get to the rest of the factories and there was a tarp up because little did I know the other side is where they actually started the Halloween walkthrough so I jump down and I look up and there's a big fucking fake skeleton from me I'm like bah! and I fall over but it's one of those things where even though nothing really happened other than my current girlfriend at the time probably seeking attention and claiming things happened to her you mean your girlfriend at the time then not yes not your wife not my wife okay I didn't know if he had both I was like damn no dude. no no she was not living yet. in Georgia back then mm. I think Georgia Peach. Georgia. But the place is just huge and spooky. Yeah. So it's just one of those things. Natural spooks. It's very common for younger people, teenagers, 20-somethings in New Jersey to break into certain surrounding penitentiaries or abandoned asylums. There used to be one in North Jersey that got broken into so much that they were like, Fuck it, we're tearing the goddamn thing down. Yeah, which is, I mean, right, because at the end of the day, if you're doing urban exploring, it's dangerous because crackheads and, I mean, you know, drug users are just like, people can be in places that it would otherwise be considered abandoned. And on and top of it, it's not, it's an old structure. Right, and, and that's what I was going to say. Like, there's there's nails, there's wires, there's fire hazards, there's glass, there's tetanus, there's conjunctivitis. Asbestos. Yeah, asbestos and all sorts of shit. And so it's just dangerous to be doing that stuff. I mean, obviously, anybody who's ever done it knows it rules and you're willing to take it's those... so much fun. Yeah, take those chances, roll those dice. But, you know, it's, it's just like you're already on edge for a million and one reasons. And then it's... But it's like the perfect place to have like a haunting or a see a thing because nobody's there. You're not supposed to be there. Nobody can corroborate it. It's like... I saw a spooky ghost. You want to hear about it? I broke into a cool place. And What's more spooky? The chance of you seeing a ghost or the yeah. chance of you seeing a flashlight come on and be like, can you step outside, sir? <laughs> That's more spooky. So, I covered the Stanley Hotel. Mm. Which, That's where Stan Lee stayed? Yes, it's Stan Lee's Hotel. <laughs> okay. So it's a 142-room Colonial Revival Hotel in... It's decorated in Wolverine style. <laughs> Yes, All right, I'll this, stop. I'm gonna let you get Park, Colorado. Yeah, they love the Wolverine out there. They they do. They love the snow. They love the Wolverines. It's a approximately five miles from the entrance to the Rocky Mountain National Park. Oh wow! Okay. So, it, if you've seen pictures of it, you see the mountains in the background. Yeah. It's fucking beautiful. I really want to go there, not because I think it's haunted, but for other reasons that I will get to. Mm-hmm. But it was built by Freeland Oscar Stanley of, you guessed it, Stanley Steamer fame. Oh, I was thinking Oscar Meyer. No, you'd be wrong and an oh. idiot. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, both of those things are true. Ding, ding, ding. So, in 1903, Stanley, who was, not was the inventor of the steam-powered car... Not the business that comes and cleans your carpets. Because when I first read this, I was like, huh, I didn't know uh, Stanley Steamer uh, went back that far. That's interesting. Nope, guy invented a car. Oh, like the ones that Jay Leno has. Mm -hmm. They're like the steam cars. Yes. And you gotta go, they go, and the steam comes out. Yep. Okay, I gotcha. Mm -hmm. I actually know what you're talking about. I was thinking the carpet cleaning guy too. I didn't know they had carpets back then. I thought everything was dirt. 
they go on. 100% carpus. It's just wooden dirt. Yeah. That's all they had. That's what God gave us. That's what we'll use. I mean, it was 1903. Yeah, dirt times. So, anything before 1972 is dirt. Stanley was stricken with a resurgence of tuberculosis in 1903. Mm. So, what was commonly recommended back then was to go to fresh air. Sanitarium. Yeah. Ugh. So, he ended up moving out to Denver, Colorado in March. And then in June, Dr. Sherman Grant Bonney recommended that he relocate to Estes Park. Okay. Which, like I said, is right near the entrance to the Rocky Mountain National Park and everything. Sure. So, 1907, he had recovered completely. But he didn't like the rustic accommodations, because it was Colorado in the early 1900s. There wasn't much there. Yeah, there was probably fucking nothing. A bunch of dead engines and yeah. a bunch of damn dung mountains. Just mountains and cabins. That's yeah. all it was. So he decided that he wanted to turn Estes Park into a resort town. Smart. Which, dude had the money, I guess, so fuck it. Location, location, location. Yeah, and it's a beautiful location. So if this is... Because when was Teddy Roosevelt? I forget. I can't remember my American history anymore. But he was, like, turn of the century or even a little later... So where they, did they have the national park system? I just wonder if the Rocky Mountains were already a national park at this point. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know either. But Estes Park was like a little it was nowhere. It a place. Yeah, no, I got it. But I'm just saying like, you know, whether they... Okay, anyways. Just as a quick little note. The Rocky Mountain National Park Act was signed by President Woodrow Wilson on January 26, 1915, establishing the park boundaries and protecting the area for future generations. So he actually built the hotel first, which was... Fucking genius, then. Yeah, well, they specifically, they mention Estes Park right in the first little paragraph about the Rocky Mountain National Park on the wiki. So, way to, way to go, Mr. Steamer. So, in 1908, he purchased the land, and the main hotel and the concert hall were completed in 1909, and then the manor in 1910. So, they would bring guests from the nearest train depot, which was in one of the foothill towns of Lyons, Colorado. Mm -hmm. And his car company made a fleet to do it. So you'd fucking show up in a cool train, you get out, and there'd be this cool steam-powered car coming to get you, oh, and they'd drive sick. you up. That's smart. I know. That's, that's so cool. Yeah, brand integration. Yeah. Old-timey times are so cool, except yeah. for the whole... Get on my steam car, and we'll go get your cholera. Racism and everything. Well, it's good if you're white. That's true. Still good if you're white, though. <laughs> so, in 1926, he ended up selling the hotel to a private company, which ended up failing in 1929. He ah, that done Great Depression. Yeah, so Stanley actually pur purchased his property out of foreclosure before selling again in 1930 to one of his other automobile and hotel magnus that he knew this guy roe emery of denver and then until 1983 the resort was only open during the summer shutting down in the winters every year sounds familiar Mm-hmm. also because it's fucking colorado right outside the rocky goddamn mountains how are they going to keep the place open mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so let me let me get into like the haunted history of this all okay. right so 
Two years after the hotel had opened, Miss Elizabeth Wilson... Oh, hell yeah. ...was tending to the rooms when a thunderstorm had rolled into the mountains of Estes Park, Ro wiping out all of the plower... Rolled in. Rolled in. What did I say? Rolling in. After I had rolled... I don't know. Anyways. When a thunderstorm came rolling in... Yeah. ...through the mountains of Estes Park, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which had wiped out all of the power for the Stanley Hotel... Which so, was actually just, like, one line that was standing <laughs> outside, so, yeah. With a, There was just a guy named Jacob just cranking something. <laughs> Come on, buddy, you got this! He's just scared of thunder, so he ran inside yeah. and stopped cranking it. Yeah, I've been there. So, going from room to room, the housekeepers had to light candles for everything, so yeah. it was able to be seen and ignite acetylene gas lamps, which, <laughs> I don't know if you guys know anything about acetylene They're gas super lamps. Safe. Super safe. The most safe. That's why everyone still uses them. Yeah. So, Wilson approached a room. Can you guess the number of the room? Oh, wait. You never read the book, did you? 244. Nope. 317. 217. Dang it. So, she made her way in, not realizing that there was a gas leak in the room. I shouldn't be laughing. Which immediately ignited the whole room, fiery eruption, blasting Elizabeth through the floor into the McGregor dining room. Holy shit! She, she survived and only and only suffered two broken ankles. Wow. Yeah. yeah, but that's a bitch injury. I mean, still better than losing a broken face, but. So, God damn! You imagine that though? Just see some house cleaner explode like through the hallway, through a banister, and then. Into the dining hall below? No, no, no. She went through the fucking floor. So it wasn't like, shh, it wasn't like straight across. It was fucking down, which is even scarier. But, I mean, I can't even imagine living in a time where everything was gas lamps and just, like, at any time you're like, oh, I need to get up to take a shit. <laughs> yeah, and all of a sudden your whole house is a goddamn bomb. Yeah, well, when I shit it is, but go on. That's true. So, apparently... uh Injured employees and guests were sent to a hospital in Longmont, although there's not much documentation of the patients. So, even though Elizabeth had walked away from her injuries in 1911, her ghost is said to still reside in the hotel, more specifically room 217. And I haven't revealed... Have I revealed what this hotel is yet? So... Some people may already know what I'm talking about. Some people may not. So... Read a book. It's rumored that... In that room, clothes are mysteriously folded and put away. Which, like... Most helpful fucking ghost ever. Imagine, like, you get there... And you put your suitcase down... And you're like... You know what? I'm gonna go have a nice shower wank. You know? Like, really yeah. fucking... Like, really crank yeah. one out. Like, hand on the wall. Just, like, yeah. really fucking I do the, I do the full forehead. When you hear, like, yeah. a, just a thud. Like, not forceful, but just, like, a, a steady thud. Yeah. And then it's just... Maybe, you like, you're extending your feet a little bit. Just oh, yeah. get, like, the actual little, yeah. like... Yeah. I want to, like, really put some, some risk into it. You yeah. Know? It could knock my teeth out if I slipped. Could break your thing. penis. Yeah, it could break my penis for sure. And you come back in... All of your luggage is folded. I'd boosh all over. I'd be I like, just, "Thank you, ghost." Yeah, I'm sorry you had to see that horrible. <laughs> Do you want to give me a hand? If you can put away my clothes and you can put this in your mouth, I could go on for days about ghost fucking, but we won't. Yeah, I'm ecto oriented. Otherwise, I can't even get erectoed. So, 
it's said that Elizabeth was a very old-fashioned and proper woman, so mm -hmm. when an unmarried couple comes to visit, she will actually climb in bed between them throughout the night. So she'll, like, she'll literally cock-block you with her ectoplasmic booty, which at, like, it's kind of a three-way, though, right? Like... Yeah. And your way, you know, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, can't really get mad at you if you're also fucking a ghost. Yeah. So... It's not my fault. She wanted it. I just, I just think that's so fucking funny. So, despite years of working at the hotel and documentation of the explosion and hospital records, not one photo has ever been found of Elizabeth Wilson. Hmm. But, apparently she... Definitely worked there. So the explosion sent the hotel into an era of spiritual activity, and a majority of the hauntings happened on the fourth floor. So a lot of self-opening closets and giggling and running of children. Mm. Tell me about the kitties. That's people will hear kids occasionally see them. They'll hear giggling, running around, like you know, kids are playing and shit. Mm -hmm. There is room four twenty-eight where a quote-unquote, friendly cowboy often sits on the corner of your bed waiting to greet you. Mm. <laughs> Just like, howdy, ma'am. Welcome to the hotel Spooky where ghosts. cowgirls check in, but only cowboys check out. So then there's also the grand stairway in the lobby, which has been like a huge area that people see spirits and take pictures of spirits and shit. Probably because it's where people are trashed most often and walking yeah. by. They're like, I saw a spirit. So it was having sex with my wife and I just walked and masturbated. So people also refer to this area as a vortex, which is commonly referred to as an area where maybe ghosts are passing in and out of our reality. People tend to feel really dizzy there. It could be other factors, but that's what they consider to be a vortex. And there is a picture that someone snapped of the staircase of a woman dressing in old-timey garbs. So, I'm going to get to some personal accounts from people who have worked there and worked there, stayed there. First and foremost, mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about why Room 217 is so famous okay. and so important. The man, the myth, the legend, the horror writer, Stephen, Stephen King. Hunter. Oh. Stephen King. So Stephen King and his wife actually stayed in that room. Him and his wife arrived at the hotel. It was closing down for the season at that point. And there were only overnight guests staying there. They ate dinner. The dining room was empty. There was, you know, music playing and stuff. And it was just really creepy to him that this whole hotel was empty and it was just them. And apparently he woke up in the middle of the night from a creepy dream about his three-year-old son being chased through the corridors and screaming. He got out of bed, realized it was a dream, calmed down, smoked a cigarette on the balcony, and was just like looking out into the wilderness of Colorado. And at that point he was like, I already had the fucking bones for The Shining done. Which I totally believe the man's a fucking great writer. And it is a very good concept mm -hmm. so this room is the room like I mentioned that is supposedly haunted by Elizabeth Wilson 
and you can rent this room. Okay. They don't like close it off or anything because there's no nothing violent has ever happened to anybody there from any you know spirits or whatever. But you can get it. It's a total myth. If anyone tells you like, oh no, they're not gonna let you stay in that room. You can fucking totally stay in that room where fucking you know Stephen King drunkenly banged his wife and then woke up in the middle of the night. And was like, we're gonna stop drinking. Also, I'm gonna write a book about my drink and how creepy this fucking hotel is right now. Yeah. <sighs> I know, I just want to go there and get all keyed up and smack my willy into the wall. We can do it. Wouldn't that be great if that was like... Our relapse? Well, that and like we saw a ghost, but then we got sober again. You were like, it wasn't a ghost, it was just the cocaine. I was like, Frank, a woman appeared and punched you across the face. You are like, nah, cocaine psychosis. (laughs) It'd be cool if we could be signed on to be the caretakers. That would be cool. They'd be like, are you guys sure you're totally cool and not a bunch of rowdy party animals? And be like, we're so cool. And they'd be like, all right, you guys get a shot. They come to in the spray. We're just doing a bunch of cocaine and masturbating. Like, where are you? Where are you, Elizabeth? Where are you? Yeah, three days later, it's like, I quit. This is dumb. Not a blow. Elizabeth Wilson was never seen again after Motel Hell stayed at the Stanley Hotel. So, one place I didn't mention was the concert hall. So, apparently a lot of stuff ends up happening there. This was his wife, Stanley's wife's like favorite place. She played piano there and stuff all the time. She wasn't very good, so he had to build a whole hotel for her to play piano in. Just so she would stop bitching about wanting to play live. I yeah. get it. So this is the location of one of the other famous ghosts in the hotel, which is Paul, who was Mr. Fixie. He was a jack-of-all-trades, so to speak. And he also had to go around the hotel enforcing like an 11 p.m. curfew. So if you're out of your room, be like, hey, it's 11 p.m. Please go back to your room. What the fuck is that about? I, I Old-timey times. I don't fucking know. Yeah. But people... Say, guests and workers say that you know they'll see him there they'll hear get out being mutter in the middle of the night and like I mentioned it was also the favorite spot of Flora Stanley who was Mr. Stanley's wife and people people say they'll hear her playing piano while they're there so Paul's gotten into semantics over the years there's a construction worker who reported that he felt Paul nudge him while he was standing at the floors. And tour groups say on the Stanley Ghost Tour that they have seen a flashlight flicker at them. So if you don't know what this is, if you've never been on a ghost tour, sometimes what they'll do is they'll take a flashlight and they'll unscrew it a little bit just so, like, if, if you, like, shake it, it will come on and go off. So, like, the contact is barely there and they'll yeah. be like... Blah, 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 whoever is here, Paul in the sick case, come over and use your energy to make a connection in the flashlight so it'll come on. So apparently people say that happens. They do the same thing on the Queen Mary tours for the ghosts and stuff. Okay. It's a pretty famous one they do there. So another ghost supposedly in the concert hall is named Lucy, who could have been a runaway or a homeless woman who may or may not have frozen to death in the area. Okay. Most historians aren't convinced that she's ever been there. There was any woman who died there, and there's any connection to the hotel and her death. Sure, sure. This this is one of the things that I find so funny about this. It's, 
you know, you go into do research on haunted place, and you're like, oh, these fucking people actually died here, really. Yeah. So room four hundred one was an attic. Well, so the fourth floor was an attic. And there were, that's where female employees, children, and nannies stayed. So that's why it's believed that you hear, like, a lot of children running around and sure. giggling and stuff like that. Give me back my Game Boy. <laughs> Give me back my Game Boy, Jeffrey. I'm going to go, Mom. Mom, Mom, Stop Mom, it. I'm going to put boogers on you. Say, uh, uh, Blaze took my silly putty and he won't give it back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there is also underground caverns. I'm not going to go into the staircase again. It's on my list here, but I already sure. talked about it's it. Covered. Yeah, it's covered. It's covered. So the only way you're going to get into the underground caverns is if you go, go on a tour. Oh. There's a 75-minute night tour at the Stanley. Now, are these like basically the same as the ones in Clock Tower? Is there like a, a giant... Uh, mutant boy who's on a giant bed and then comes after you and he's all like and then you have to go up a clock tower and then push his brother off the clock tower yeah okay I just had a sneaking suspicion yeah no 100% true okay so just like any other place that has fucking tunnels running underneath it staff used to use these to go from building to building they don't anymore because it's fucking tunnels spooky yeah so during the tour, they'll talk about feeling air down there. There's it's tunnels. There should be no air down there. But Tunnel air. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. There's also stories of a ghost cat, which I'm oh. super about. Yeah. The lick cats. Ghosts are cool if they're real. Yeah. So ghost cat. There's double, also double a one. mirror where it's supposedly a haunted mirror, which if you know anything about haunted places, are pretty common place where you can take a picture and maybe there'll be a ghostly figure behind you. Yeah, it's a dirty mirror, but I get you. You want to hear some personal recounts? Sure. So this one comes from the fourth floor room, 401. A male ghost who some believe to be an Irish man named Lord Dunraven. That's a cool fucking name. Yeah. Is reportedly be in this reported to be in this room, although he never visited the hotel in life, as it was built 20 years after he left Tessis Park. It was built on land he once owned, in the closet. Women feel their hair being played with, an arm around their shoulder or waist, or a hand moving up their back or leg. Men don't feel particularly welcome in this room sometimes, as they have felt someone is pressing them into the bed, or their jewelry is disappearing. This room is also where Jason of Ghost Hunters television show had his drinking glass, which was set on the nightstand, implode while he was sleeping. And the closet door also opened and closed. So mind you, yes, this place was also on Ghost Adventures, was on Ghost Hunters, back when Ghost Hunters was like the big fucking thing on sci-fi. Jason! But you know sci-fi can't keep any show running, good or bad, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. They just can't do it. Yeah. Rest in peace, Warehouse 13. Rip sci-fi. I actually watched that episode, I remember that episode very well of Ghost Hunters. I still love that show. Yeah. But, (laughs) it just... I love that it's this dude who moved after, before, it was this guy who moved before it was built, but it was like, I'm fucking going back to haunt there. Yeah. Not only did he go back to haunt there, he's just grabbing on all these ladies. Yeah. But it, it makes sense when you think about if, you know, whatever deity offers you 
uh, a, a few options as to where to haunt. The grocery store where you bought all your margarita mix. Or the comic book shop where you, you know, first got your first gym short boner splooge. Or the hotel you were at that one time with your sister. Like, I would pick the hotel. That seems way sick. Why would you do with your sister at a hotel? I don't know. I was just there for, like... Like, sexy stuff? No. Oh. No, she had, like, a dance recital. In the ballroom. I don't know. I'm not in your ballroom. (laughs) (laughs) I need two rooms, please. I do want to mention that the hotel does sit on a lot of quartz and limestone. Ah. Which, of course, ghost hunters are like, you know, oh, man. That's a conduit. Yeah, it's a conduit. It helps them fucking be all ghosty harder. (laughs) Room 407. People have reported being tucked in in this room. A little boy said that he kept kicking his covers off and they kept coming back up through the night. His mother was quite shocked and said that she hadn't woken up during the night and certainly didn't keep covering him. Another guest reported feeling someone sit on the edge of the bed, but when she turned the light on, no one was there. Oh my god. She did, however, see an indentation as if someone had just gotten up. Yeah, okay. Room 418. Mm. Ghost children do mischievous things in this room. Covers are sometimes removed during the night. Hangers are known to move on their own. Bathroom lights have been reported to turn on and off, on and off, on their own. Nitrous canisters are found in all corners of the room. (laughs) They have a nitrous. It's just a bunch of empty dust-off cans and rags. I, I tasted that for a second. Go ahead, you can let it out. A little girl about four years old and her mother stayed in there a few years ago. The following morning, the girl reported being tickled by a little boy during the night. She wasn't afraid, though, and said she simply told the little boy to stop. And he did. Mm, good ghost. Yeah. At least it wasn't the grabby, grabby Lord Dunraven ghost. <laughs> yeah. I can't do an Irish accent. Yeah, no. Come here, little girl. No, no that's, okay. that's we're cut, cut. Top of the morning to you. Aha, raping for you. Come little girl. No, that's... Let me get at that lucky charm. Okay, we're... Leave it all in. Room 428. Yeah, I'm going to make it real hard for you to edit that. (laughs) Room 428. A ghost cowboy tends to frequent this room. We already heard about this guy. Yeah. A couple... A few years back... A couple a few years back awoke to find a wild west cowboy pacing at the end of their bed. As opposed to what? A wild east cowboy? Think about it. Yeah. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. After watching him for a few minutes... They politely asked him to leave, which he did, but not before leaning over the lady as if kissing her. Female guests sometimes wake to find him leaning in for a kiss on the forehead. Hot. A lot of horny ghosts in the... It's just like, horny ghosts? Kids fucking with you. And then we got... What was her name? Elizabeth? Yeah. Just just been like, I'm gonna make you bed I think it's nice Don't you be fucking... Yeah, I think that it's like nice that there's no rapey ghosts or murder I ghosts. I would tell. I mean, I'd like to stay here just because it's cool. It's cool. It's what The Shining's based off of. We're going back to room two seventeen. Many housekeeping events happen in this room. Guests have reported returning to their room after dropping off their bags, finding their luggage had been unpacked for them. Other guests have also reported their shoes being lined up neatly on the end of the bed. Fuck. 
the concert hall. Hmm. I'm pretty skeptical when it comes to supernatural paranormal happenings, but one thing in particular really messed with my head. At the beginning of the tour, you follow a tour guide to the music hall, which would often be occupied by children playing during the daytime. Mm. When you arrive in the hall, you are seated in the observation box and given an introduction of sorts, explaining that none of the spirits or activity are angry or violent, and that a lot of the activity was thought to be that of children especially in this hall. So our guide asked, so our guide asked by a show of hands if any of the tour members are good with kids, to which I, among four or five others, raised our hands. Mm -hmm. Everyone who raised their hands was given a dum-dum sucker. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, you know, the dum-dums, dum-dums. I know, but I'm just imagining some... They, they bring out, like, a retarded child, and they say, here's your dum-dum sucker. <laughs> they make the kids... Like, I'm sure it's harder now that Epstein's dead. <laughs> the Lita Express is closed. She gave a dum-dum sucker to us to hold out in our palm, as if we were holding it to a child. Depending on the spirit's comfortability with you, they would supposedly pull on the sucker. Some people feel... Some people claim to feel the movement... Some didn't feel a thing. I personally felt and watched this fucking sucker drag. This is an actual quote. Fucking sucker drag from the middle of my hand all the way off to the ground. That fucked with my shit. <laughs> Which, I mean, yeah. I guess uh, so. Now, let's just say that Colorado is, what, the first state to legalize marijuana, and they do tons of coke, too. And I'm supposed to take the opinion of any one of these coked-up whiteies who comes to the hotel to get spooked... I don't know, but I think we should plan a trip to go out I'm not there. saying we shouldn't, but I just think if fucking suckers are going to, I know. think it'd be great. Yeah. Motel Hell goes on the road. All right, hit me with the next one. The Staircase to Nowhere. When I was a kid, the Stanley was just a pretty hotel with dumpy rooms. 1970s canary yellow and olive drab. Borderline crap hole. We never stayed there. It was just a place to get a good, cheap lunch. Obviously, this was before the miniseries, when it was still cheap and not haunted. Now, mind you, from what I understand, this place was going to go out of business at one point, and then The Shining happened and reinvigorated all of it, which I'll get to a little bit more. Well, no, fuck it. I'll just mention it now. There is a place where they play The Shining on a fucking loop on a TV all day. At the hotel? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you can just fucking sit down and watch The Shining whenever you want, which is another reason why we should yeah. fucking go. But didn't they, they basically, but they didn't film The Shining here because they- No, they filmed the miniseries there. But they, but the movie they filmed in the UK and they built like this hotel again because Stanley Kubrick wouldn't fly, right? Is that, am I remembering right? I believe so, but yeah. it looks nothing. The hotel in The Shining looks nothing like- the hotel in The Shining. The the actual Stanley Hotel does not look like... What he describes in the book? No, it does in the book, but not in the movie. Okay. It doesn't look it's anything a, like it. It's, it's kinda, much smaller. Yeah, no, I know, but I mean, it's kind of... No. It's, it's kind of... I watched part of The Shining today and looked it's at the pictures of Okay. Okay. Put up a side-by-side, side. we'll see who's right, and then you'll probably edit this whole part out and be like, yeah, dude, they look nothing alike. You're so right. You stupid, dumb, stupid idiot. 
Anyway, I screw around and explore the hotel because hotels are fun to screw around in and explore. Who the fuck wrote these testimonials? People. That's, that's my favorite part about the whole thing. Okay. It's just like, just people being people. Yeah. It's not like, and then Elizabeth came out and touched you on the shoulder. It's like, yeah. yo, this place fucking sucked. And uh, we were there for lunch. And I like fucking around in hotels because hotels are fun to fuck around in. Mm-hmm. I mean, this person's not wrong. They do yeah. understand. I loved going on fucking, just exploring hotels when I was little. We yeah. got, it was like an adventure for me when yeah. I was little. Yeah. You're just like looking for that old guy who'll give you a dumb, dumb sucker if you shouldn't suck his dumb, dumb. It's fucking sucker. <laughs> Dragged from the middle of my hand. Anyway. Hi, I'm Frank. What's your name? Suck it. <laughs> I think you have been drinking before this episode. My brother, my sister, and myself were wandering the hotel after lunch, poking our heads into open rooms and whatnot. Well, we round the corner of the hallway, and to our right is a small opening in the wall of the hall leading to a set of very narrow and steep circular stairs descending into pitch black, pitch black darkness. None of us had the cojones to check it. Wish we had. Never saw that staircase again. Mexican for balls. Yeah, thank you. So, those were some fun stories. They were great, Ben. Thank you for yes. reading them with the plum. <laughs> I'm going to give the actual blurb from Stephen King's website of what he said happened like to a T. Because some of the stuff, you know, it's flavor text from haunting websites and everything. Sure, sure. In late September of 1974, Tabby and I spent a night at a grand old hotel in Estes Park, the Stanley. We were the only guests, it turned out. The following day, they were going to close the place down for winter. Wandering through its corridors, I thought that it seemed perfect. Maybe the archetypical setting for a ghost story. Archetype? Archetypical. Okay. Yeah. That Sorry. night, Sorry. I dreamed of my three-year-old son. That night, I dreamed of my three-year-old son running through the corridors, Yay. looking back over his shoulder, eyes wide, screaming. He was being chased by a fire hose, which is in the book. It wasn't in the movie. I woke up with a tremendous jerk. I'm just kidding, Stephen King. I fucking love you. You're a hero to me. Eyes wide, screaming, sweating all over with an inch of falling out of bed. I got up, lit a cigarette, sat in the chair looking out the window at the Rockies, and by the time the cigarette was done... I had the bones of the book firmly set in my mind. Now, there are some, like, places that you'll read that claim that, like, he saw stuff, but I couldn't find anything verified by him that he actually experienced any haunting there or anything. And it is very... I, I didn't find anything in old-timey times about haunting stuff. It was all in and around Stephen King going there. Sure. So, pretty sure it's all made up. There were some other pla like things I looked into that I kind of wanted to do. One of which was the Amityville haunting, but I could honestly do a full episode on that. Just yeah. about, you know, I could do one episode on just like what happened to the Lusses, and another episode about how Ed and Lorraine and Warren were on it, and then another episode about how it was all fucking bullshit. I also. And I kind of hate Ed, Ed and Lorraine Warren at this point, but not to speak ill of the dead. The other one I was going to do was the Schmider House. 
I can't remember the last name, but it's what The Haunting in Connecticut was based off of, which is an awful fucking movie. But I saw a episode of a show that used to be out called A Haunting, where they actually talked about they moved into this house, and it was it was like a really cool story because they moved in the house and they found out that the basement used to be like the house was a funeral home and the basement had the mortuary in it and the kid got possessed and maybe got a little rapey with his hot cousin mm. and then like some of the family had claimed that they were anally assaulted by demons <laughs> and I was like oh dude don't fucking eat this shit up this is so good but I couldn't find the full story anywhere there is a book which got made into the movie what about what's the movie called anal assault demons no it's called a haunting in connecticut oh yeah so that was always the one that like scared me when i was little because i used to watch that show all the time but that one fucking freaked me out there was like a story about how the mom was like going to mop and she took the mop out of the bucket slammed it down and it was all fucking blood and it was all stinky and shit and stank blood then the guy who wrote the book, because and Lorraine Warren did go to the house, and were like, oh, dude, this place is fucking jock full of demons, y'all. <laughs> it's fucking jock full of demons. Uh, y'all need to solve that. Bye! Uh, pretty much after Ed Warren died, a lot of people came forward and were like, yeah, you know, when we were writing books on stuff, they were like, just fucking make some shit up and, you know, make it scary. So even the guy who, I believe it was the guy who actually wrote the book, found some inconsistencies in the family story and were like Ed Ed Warren was like just make some shit up and make it fucking scary yeah but um the other one I was considering doing was a place called Bobby Mackey's which is a country music bar I don't remember where it is but I'd seen it on episodes of Ghost Adventures and they had portrayed this very cool story about how this m woman was murdered in a basement for a satanic ritual. And there's like this well in the basement. Her head was cut off and thrown down the well and it washed up like three miles out. Mm -hmm. There is no actual evidence that the murder actually happened at Bobby Mackey's. Or of a well? No, the well is there. Okay. I've seen video. I've seen video of the of well. I know a hole when I see it that drags up water. But. Everything that I'd read about Bobby Mackey's was, like, the only fir real first-hand accounts were from people who worked there. Yeah. And, like, the Ghost Adventures crew. So it was, like, ugh. Yeah. So it was very hard. Maybe one day we'll do, like, outside of U.S. hauntings, because there's a couple castles that are really cool. It would just be cool to talk about castles. Yeah. And, I mean, from my perspective, it's I just think it's more interesting to talk about a place and then mention the fact that there's allegations of haunting rather than the other way around. But we have an endless well of shit we can go into, so... I was just honestly surprised by how some of the things I was reading about had no deaths or had no proof of there being deaths there. Yeah. And I was just, like, fucking flabbergasted. Yeah, well, it's funny because I we watched... So for our listeners, um, we we just hosted this past weekend a sleazy slasher Saturday party, which is slasher movies for 12 hours, and one of them was Candyman, and they talk about the birth and evolution of urban legends, which we've discussed on this show several times, and... Will again! Yeah, and I think one of the things that is interesting is that, like, the, 
the really good like haunting stories are often urban legends that are passed down and they have you know identifiers from the community and like local history that you know so that they feel more real and you're more connected to it because it's like to read about somebody saying i went to a place i saw a thing and it was spooky doesn't mean shit you know what i mean to hear it passed down from my sister's cousin blah 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 gives it an air of credibility and it's also when it's local your sister's cousin would never fucking lie no no she's she's honest good or he was a good cousin so but yeah i think that uh i think that pretty much covers our first episode of haunted spaces haunted places it does i just love spooky ghost stories whether they're real or not i think they're fun all around me are haunted places ghostly faces anyway that is all of us tonight, guys. Uh, I've been Beardly, and the guy in front of me has been pretty Total dickly. Dick, yeah. yeah. And we will see you folks next week with BDMFT. Yeah. Now, check us out on the gram. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on SoundCloud. Check us out on iTunes. Motel Podcast. You know it. Motel Podcast at Gmail, my dog. Get us them emails, my hog. We'll respond back with nudes. And if you can hit that rate and review, hit that like, give us some scritits, give us some scrawls, whatever they call them these days. We love that. I'm going to assume that most of our listeners are dead. Don't have iPhones, because y'all fuckers haven't been rating or reviewing on iTunes. So, here's what you do. You find somebody with an iPhone. You fucking take that shit from them. You subscribe to us. You go on i. You go on the i i app. The Tunes app. The Tunes app. The podcast app. You rate us fairly, Ghost Five Stars. Whatever you feel like giving us, Ghost Five Stars, and rate just a quick little review, even if it just says like "dick nuts butthole." Yeah, I don't care. We love Give that. Give us something so you know we know that you love us. Yeah. If we don't know that, we can't love ourselves. So, that's pretty cool. Alright. Later, nerds. Later.